This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Welcome to Fine Tuning with Drew Taylor, your one-stop shop when it comes to animation news and commentary. I'm Drew's co-host, entertainment writer Jim Hill, and he and I are recording this week's show on Sunday, June 25th, 2023, just to sort of drop into it, it's been two weeks since we've last done a show. Jim said he was going to do shows during that time. I mean, I th- this is I all did. really... I did. I did. I mean, mind you, I got to do cool stuff when I wasn't recording the show. For example, I went to Kansas City and I went to the site where the Thank You Walt Disney folks have been working on the restoration of the... Laughagram Studios, and I want to say the state of Kansas gave them a $2 million grant, and boy, they hit the ground running. They had construction folks in there stabilizing the building, because that was the, the initial concern, was the building was in such poor condition, just keeping the outside walls up was a challenge. But they've since done that, and there were folks in there readying, getting ready for the next phase of work. And the actual studio where Walt and Ub worked is up on the second floor in a building that was about to fall down. That gets a little interesting to to try to, you know, you have to fix the bottom before you can get to the second floor. But it's a classic old brick building. Uh, it's It's a neighborhood that's in the middle of kind of being gentrified. I want to say 33rd Street. It's going to be really, really interesting a couple of years down the line to see both what the Thank You Walt Disney folks can do with this because they want to have it as an education space as well as sort of a museum exhibit. And given that the very next day, we drove all the way out to Marcelina, did the Walt Disney Hometown Museum, which uh, was in the, they put in the Santa Fe train station that, you know, in fact, then the, the very nice little lady who led Nancy and I around the building explained that when they went into that building, the roof had actually caved in. So they're the ones who brought that all the way back. So they should have plowed the road for what the folks in Kansas City are doing. But uh, that was a great take in as well. But I got to Marceline. I got to Kansas City. You, on the other hand, you went to Rome, right? Well, I went to first, I went to Ancy, but oh. then I was in Rome. Yes, yes. Let's start with the obvious here. So I've been saying Annecy wrong for all of these years, right? It, 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 <laughs> That's the French way to say it is the Ancy. So I'm trying the, to be, you know, I'm trying oh, to be. Oh, cool. All yeah. right. All right. I'm native well, now, Jim. I've gone I've gone native. Yeah. Okay. Now, Drew is going to, to share all sorts of amazing things that he got to see at Ancy. And then likewise, you know, that little side trip, barely worth mentioning, going to Rome, hanging out with a certain Mr. Cruz and being there for the world premiere of Mission Impossible Dead Reckoning Part 1. But again, we'll, we'll get to that on the second half of today's show. And uh, But first comes the news. And as always, the news portion of Fine Tuning is brought to you by Storybook Destinations, trusted travel partner of the Jim Hill Media Podcast Network. For a worry-free travel experience every time, please book online at storybookdestination.com. 
All right, so... Should we say that ad again just because we've been gone for so long? Please, book, <laughs> storybook, <laughs> destinations. All right, two weeks of news. Let's hit the big parts because I really want to get to the, the honesty thing. And obviously, during this time, uh, Elemental came out. And it was fascinating to watch the one-two punch of Flash making 59 and Elemental making, I want to say, 29.5. And people in the entertainment press using both of these as sort of an excuse to, you know, Pixar's lost its mojo and superhero movies are tired and people are turning their back on them. So what's your take on this? Well... Did you see it, Jim? No, 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 no. In fact, as I was driving back up from New Jersey just today, I was thinking that I really need to see Abby Gilman, Teenage Kraken. I haven't even seen Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse yet. I obviously need to see Pixar Elemental. And then, of course, this weekend we have uh, Indiana Jones in the Dial of Destiny opening. And to show you what a terrible entertainment reporter I, I am, I still haven't seen The Little Mermaid yet. So I was thinking this weekend, I'm going to go to the movies all day. Okay. Sunday morning, got to go to my local cinema, and I'm just going to work it so I see all five of those movies. So by the next time you and I chat, I will have seen every piece of animation that's out in the market now. Likewise, I'll have seen the brand new indie, and I'll even you know have, have crammed in The Little Mermaid so I, I can finally be conversational about that. Okay. Well, I look forward to it. I, I can't believe you're going not on... The cheapo Tuesday, either. No, nope, so no. Nope. Be... I'm I'm throwing down the gauntlet. I'm going on a Sunday with the masses. And in fact, I I think what I'll do is deliberately make Indy the last film of the day because I'm assuming Sunday night screening, I'll be able to get in, uh, and all of the other stuff, especially given what they're saying about poor Abby Gilman. Did you see the projected box office? All I saw was that uh, they were looking at single. A single digit opening, which is a shame because I really love this movie and I love Kirk a lot. Um, he and he and I were hanging out and, and I'll see, you know, it's just I don't know. I don't know. I really like this movie. I really love the aesthetic. I think mm-hmm. that it's, it will be something where when it's on Peacock in a few weeks, people will be like, where did, where, where was this? You know, or whatever. Um, See, and, and that brings me to what's going on with Elemental. If you look at the audience scores, if you look at the, the, the majority of the reviews, this is a good Pixar film. I hate to bring this up because, again, the film that you wrote the wonderful making a book about, Onward, is the one that sort of started us down the road with this omelet. Onward was in theaters for, what, a week, 10 days before everything shut down? I think it was actually, yeah, like six days before. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That was back when I was a good entertainment reporter, Drew. I actually went out on opening weekend and saw that. Yes, you did. Uh, yes. And genuinely enjoyed it. But now, on the other side of Rhea and the Last Dragon, likewise Luca and Turning Red. And Soul. And Soul. All of these films that people have seen at home and enjoyed at their leisure not worrying about you know the person next to them whether they're wearing a mask or not wearing a mask or if they're coughing or if the kids are 
get behind them as being loud and kicking their chair. People like seeing the new Pixars at home now? You know, I don't know. I think that that is, to me, that's the major the major question involved with Elemental, which, you know, mm-hmm. is not doing as poorly as they are making it out to be. You no. know, it, it almost was number one this weekend. It was kind of tussling with uh, Spider-Verse for number one. Yeah, all weekend long it was going back and forth. And in the end, Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse came out on top with a $19.4 million take at the box office, whereas uh, Elemental came in at 18.3. So a million one separating those two at the box office North America. And that only shows a fall off at the box office of 38%, which in a day when studios celebrate, oh, it only fell off by 60. You know, get out the balloons and the champagne. A 38 is pretty cool. It's great. It's great. And I think that, yeah, I think that Disney has trained audiences to expect the new Pixar movie. On Disney Plus, and it's mm. just like we gotta break this. Uh, we gotta break this programming. But how do we do that? When you saw a Turning Red or Luca at home, you got to see this amazing film that you know immediately burned its way into your heart. People now know that in six to eight weeks. And Abby Gilman is going to show up on Peacock. A, an Elemental is going to show up on Pixar. And they will get to discover these new animated films then, and then they will fall in love with these characters. And But at the same time, it's important to remember what happened box office-wise with Super Mario Brothers. And this past week, didn't that cross $500 million at, at the box office, I want to say? Hang on. Domestic box office, I do believe, yeah. It's it's well okay. over a billion worldwide, so. Oh, my mistake. It was Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse that crossed uh, 500 million worldwide. Little Mermaid also crossed 500 million this weekend. Oh, that's interesting, because yeah. they were talking about how that wasn't doing particularly well worldwide. Well, it's not. I mean, it's they wanted it to be another billion-dollar grocer, so it's, yeah. By the way, Drew is correct here. North American gross for that Illuminations film is $572 million, whereas overseas, holy cow, $757 million. So you're right. It's at $1.3 billion worldwide. So what do you then say to the Pixars and the DreamWorks of the world where it's like, you know, they will come out to the theaters for animation, but... This kind of animation. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's, you know, it's IP. I think the mm-hmm. big the big animation winners this year are going to be mm-hmm. Spider-Verse, mm-hmm. Mario, and Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, which we'll talk about in a minute. But okay. it's interesting. I think, I think Elemental will have its day for sure. And you're right. It might be the day that it shows up on Disney+. Plus. Mm-hmm. But we can't discount what it's doing. And, and that hold is, is very admirable. And I can't wait to hear what you think of it. Jim, I've seen it twice now, so okay, looking okay. forward to chatting with you about it. Hopefully, if next not week, on next week's week, show, the week after. Yeah. Okay. Yes, my Sunday at the movies, where I come out bespeckled with juju beads from five films in a row. <laughs> Just spitballing here for a sec. Okay, Super Mario Brothers movie for Illuminations, which is famous for you know that they, they bring their movies in for me. Just kind of stunning price points. 
between 75 and 90, right? Yes. Whereas elemental, you know, the, the number that's being batted around is 200. What do you think is going to happen on the back of this? Well, it's 200 because the movie was being worked on for seven years and Pixar pays mm-hmm. people a living wage. There we go. Illumination farms out their material to a studio called McGuff, which is in France, which they Mm -hmm. own outright. So it's a Mm -hmm. weird kind of vendor-client relationship. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I mean, we'll see if there's more cuts at Pixar. But I feel like like everybody I've talked to is very proud of the film. And um, yeah. Same thing I'm hearing here. Allow me for a sec, though, to pivot to the other animation story that broke this week. I mean, face it, we were just talking about how well Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse is doing. But at the same time, we also saw the story this week about the working conditions for the Sony Pictures animation film and, you know, the long hours and the work right up until the film basically, you know, was snatched out of the hands and thrown into theaters. Was the story that 100 people quit the production because of of how tough the working conditions were, because I have to admit, Amy Pascal, who I actually, I enjoy, but her, you know, wow, okay, you know, that, that well, if a film needs to be rendered again, it film needs to be rendered again. It's like, welcome to making a movie. Yeah. I mean, I think there's some of that to it, right? I mean, like, you know, I think they, they place a lot of the blame on, on Phil Lord's hands, which I thought mm. was a little odd, but... Mm-hmm. I don't want anybody to work themselves to death, but also, like, this is how these movies are made. I don't really know, you know. I don't know. <laughs> I'm sorry. That That is somewhat ironic coming from, from what you and I were just ta- talking about <laughs> pre-show. I get yes. that, uh, Drew, this week, what, five junkets? In it's a, a lot. It's a <laughs> lot. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. We don't no, want I, anybody I don't to it, work. Listen, listen. Yeah. I, I'm not saying I'm, I should be a, a, a role model. Maybe I'm Maybe I'm too lax on, on working too, too much, but... Yeah, I don't know. I don't know what the answer is. I, th- I think that they push them to the limits maybe mm-hmm. too far, but the resulting film is really an amazing achievement. So I don't mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't know what to say, Jim. What do you what do you think? It is such a strange time to be writing and talking about animation because like for example, Star Trek Prodigy. I'm sure you saw that story come down. Star Trek Prodigy was a very deliberate project. That the, the notion, and in fact, it was kind of that Disney cradle to grave thing. You know, the notion of where are the next generation of Star Wars fans going to come from? Well, they're kids, and you know that that maybe we should do a show that that's animated. And so, with Star Trek Prodigy, is we saw that it got renewed. And I remember during my week, you know, multi-weekly shopping trip to Target, seeing the physical one on the shelf. But following kind of Disney's lead where they they had shows on Disney Plus that they not only pulled down off the network, but basically delisted, right? And that's supposedly what's about to happen with, with Star Trek Prodigy. Now, mind you, the folks who work that side of the street already mounting save uh, Star Trek Prodigy campaigns. And as I understand it, the, the folks at Paramount Plus are potentially looking for another home for the show. Well, yeah, I mean, it, saving an animated show is mm-hmm. really difficult, as mm-hmm. we've, <laughs> I think, outlined before. But 
you know, licensing the show to another network I don't think is necessarily a bad thing because I think that's one of the things that the writers are kind of struggling with right now is this idea of, you know, having royalties coming in. And mm-hmm. if the studio that made the the show or the movie is sort of hoarding the material, then your chance at uh, more royalties are, in fact, encumbered. So if they would sell it to a fast channel or something else, that that might actually be good for the people that made the show. So we'll see. I mean, I think the show is great. I do as well. I will say this much. Somebody was was reaching out to me and, you know, oh my God, you know, you got to help save Prodigy. And it's like, I said, hang on. You can't remember, I'm old. I'm 64 years old. I, I was around when the first Star Trek got canceled, and you know, the one with, with Nimoy and, and Shatner. And it's kind of that story they tell about Elvis. Have I told you the story about the executive at RCA? No. All right. It's 1977. You know, the guy who's in charge of the RCA at RCA in the Elvis account is, is in his office in the morning. And suddenly the door to his office flies open and his secretary is in tears. And he said, Elvis is dead. And the guy, you know, first is shocked, then leans back in his chair and goes, hmm, good career move. You know, and it's just sort of like with Star Trek, getting canceled isn't necessarily a bad thing, folks. What's so funny is the very thing that's happening now, the Save Star Trek Prodigy, it happened the second season of Star Trek. That That's what actually got the third season, that they, they made all this noise and suddenly Desilu, you know, kind of backed down and so did NBC. And all right, we'll do another season. I'm sorry. Well, did you see that, uh, that the first season Blu-ray set is sold out? All over the place. See, that's the other thing. All right. Tell me that someone at, you know, in Paramount, Home Entertainment is going, guys, thank you for doing this. But, you know, speaking of Home Entertainment, Jim, I've got Mm -hmm. got something to show you. Look what I have. Oh, no. Is that the strange? This is the Strange World 4K, the the Disney And you got this from the the movie club edition. Okay. Yes. So it it exists in the world. Few of us have it, but here it is. So I just okay. want to show you that, Jim. All right. I, well, that reminds me. I've been told if I go to Best Buy, I can. Well, tell you what, I'm I'm out tomorrow running errands while Nancy's teaching water aerobics. I will. Uh, the next time we record, I will be able to hold up my. Okay. Look, yes, I look forward to seeing it. I want I want to know that it's out there in the world. You know, so. Same thing here. Same thing here. So we have talked about uh, Elemental's box office. We have talked about how Spider-Man across the Spider-Verse bested at the box office this weekend. What are we missing here from from animation? Did we did we talk about the the Elio trailer? Oh yes. And again, another one of these ones where it's like, oh, that's a charmer. It looks cute. Yeah. And we're gonna show up for that one, right? Or. <laughs> Well, what's interesting about that too is that it's it's one of two Pixar movies release releasing in three months of each other. So I believe that one is in April. <laughs> then we have May off, and then we have Inside Out two in June. By the way, did you see the interview that Pete Doctor did, where he talked about for Toy Story five, Woody and Buzz will be back together. So they are somehow undoing that ending that I loved for Toy Story four. Yeah, that's disappointing. Uh, I also really love that ending and think it's stupid that they're back together, but whatever. 
Whatever. Okay. Well, now, speaking of Annecy, when we get back from this break, Drew is going to share all sorts of news about all of the, 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 the many, many, many shorts, TV series, and films that he saw during his trip to France. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. So, France. First of all, how was the trip? The trip was good. It is a long trip. I think mm-hmm. I went from L.A. to Washington, D.C., and then Washington, D.C. to Geneva. Mm-hmm. So it was about 18 hours, I would say, altogether. Not oh. not an easy trip. But, you know, it's great. I mean, you know, Jim, I, you've never been, right? No, no. I, I have always followed Annecy from afar. So many great stories come out of it. It's the people who make animation sharing it with some of the most passionate, knowledgeable animation fans. Yes. And also a lot of students, you know, a lot of people yes, who are breaking yeah. into the industry. You know, I think we should say that the town in Beauty and the Beast is mm-hmm. modeled after Annecy. That is the kind of vibe that this place has. It's it's kind of buttressed up against the French Alps, up against this amazing, gorgeous, huge lake. And, um, yeah, it's a really charming, lovely place. So getting to be there was a real thrill. It was a kind of a dream come true. Well, okay. But, again, you've traveled 18 hours by plane, and you, you basically had to hit the ground running, right? I mean, uh, yeah. You, mm-hmm. yeah. So, uh, yeah, the, the first night uh, I saw a work in progress screening of Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Mutant Mayhem. Ooh. So, okay. yeah, that was great. Yeah, but it was like, yeah, you, you get there, you got to pick up your badge, you got to make mm. arrangements for your shuttle back to the airport at the end of mm. the week. And then mm. it was like, oh, and you've got to go to screening. So, get out there and start making it happen. So, it was great. It was uh, the movie is amazing. I should mm-hmm. say that everyone should be very excited. And uh, Jeff Rowe, who you and I love from his work on Mitchell's versus the Machines and Disenchanted mm-hmm. and Gravity Falls, just uh, uh, knocks it out of the park. It's absolutely amazing. I loved it so much. So that's our first night. We find where we're staying and we collapse. And then is it eight or nine o'clock in the morning and you're back in the saddle, right? Yeah, yeah. I'm trying to think of what I, what did I tell you I saw the second day? It wasn't Wish in Once Upon a Studio, right? Cause that, no, that, but I did that's see a... that. I mean, we can, we can jump around. I mean, I uh, that was the last day. That was on Friday. Okay. That was really, really amazing. I mean, Once Upon a Studio is mm-hmm. one of the most incredible things I think that 
that Walt Disney Animation has ever done. Not to give anything away, but it, it, it takes place at the studio on a day where they're doing kind of a, uh, a picture. They want everybody together, all the characters together for, you know, a, a hundred year celebration. Mm-hmm. So they got their over 500 characters in the short. Over 40 voice actors came back to reprise their roles. I mean, it's pretty amazing. What I keep hearing it be compared to is sort of uh, a night at the museum at Walt Disney Animation Studios in Burbank, right? Yeah, it's sort of like Mm -hmm. that. It's The biggest compliment I can give it is that Mm -hmm. it doesn't feel like a corporate product. It feels like Mm -hmm. something that was actually made and crafted by people who love these characters and these properties and it's pretty amazing that they pulled it off it's Mm -hmm. just uh it's just wonderful it's really really wonderful it'll be attached to wish and i saw 25 minutes ish of wish so i've seen maybe a third of it and it's i finally understand what it is jim Mm -hmm. i get the whole wishing star thing Mm -hmm. chris pine is great i heard two songs Okay. And yeah, there are some characters that are kind of stand-ins for the Seven Dwarfs, which is really mm-hmm. fun. Okay, without giving anything away, this is kind of the the story that explains where a lot of the other stories come from. Would that be? I don't know. I don't know if that's true. Actually, I don't. What can we say about it? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean it, that might be an element of it. Okay. Um, okay. The, wi- the the star is a character, mm-hmm. and so the star kind of like that's why the goat is talking because the star is kind of like mm-hmm. granting wishes and mm-hmm. and things. Yeah, it's really it's really beautiful. I think I think all animation fans are gonna love it, and that style is really something else. It sounds like a wonderful conceit, and and this paired with you know once upon the studio, you gotta ask. Is this going to be enough to make people come out to theaters? Yeah. Because I'm seeing amazing work by incredibly dedicated people, but I'm still people seeing people. It's like, this is my couch. I like my couch. You know, and that movie will come to me. And that one yeah. actually, actually, from what I've been hearing about the amazing background designs and that sort of thing that go all the way back to like Snow White and Pinocchio. This is something you need to see on a big screen. Yeah, it's the first Disney animated movie mm-hmm. in CinemaScope since Sleeping Beauty. Okay. All right. Are you sold yet? Are you going to buy a ticket yet? I'm buying five this Sunday. All right. I will be there. I will be there. Okay. So continuing to hop around, you also got to hang out with the director of Abby Gilman, Teenage Kraken, which- Ruby I, Gilman, Teenage Ruby. Kraken. Yes. Damn yes. it. I keep doing yes. the, the, the yes. Ruby Gilman. Yeah, I loved Kraken. it. They, there was a great presentation that featured that, as well as Trolls Band Together, which looks really, really fun. And mm-hmm. the announcement that there is a new DreamWorks movie coming next year to Netflix- Mm-hmm. Speaking of things you can watch on your couch, called Orion in the Dark, that's hmm. based on a Charlie Kaufman screenplay and looks really, really cool. Charlie Kaufman? Really? Yes. yes. Wow. Yeah, I think this had kind of maybe been sitting around DreamWorks somewhere. Somebody pulled it out, said, let's do it. Um, Holy cow. Oh, Really fun great. animation style. It was done by Miknos uh, Studio, mm-hmm. which did Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles and... Mm-hmm. Uh, Captain Underpants, so mm. really, really cool. The Dreamer, the whole DreamWorks presentation was really great. 
you know, Trolls looks really fun. They go to a, a vacation mm. kind of land that is inspired by Yacht Rock. So Christopher <laughs> Cross will be on the soundtrack there. Oh, uh, no! Yeah. Oh! Uh, <laughs> oh! So that'll be really fun. You know, the other thing, Jim, I wanted to talk about was that I saw a work-in-progress kind of presentation mm-hmm. on Spellbound, the Skydance animation feature that is coming next year. No, oh, hang on. That's news. All right, because yes. what wasn't that supposed to come out in November? Oh, did, it was what supposed to come out in November. It is not going to be ready for November. Um, okay. It is going to be out next year. All right. And it looks interesting. I am hopefully optimistic. It's about a, a young princess whose parents are turned into monsters, and she's mm-hmm. got to figure out how to deal with this. And it lo- the animation looks great. Rachel Ziegler is the princess. We've been looking at this one piece of art. Yes, those are her parents. That's the king and queen. Yeah. Oh, yes. Okay. All yes. right. It's all coming into into focus now, right? <laughs> there we go. All yeah. right. Yeah, they, they showed the opening song, which is sort of, you know, it's an Alan Menken, Glenn mm-hmm. Slater song, okay. which I can't remember the last time those two worked together. So, you know, that's very exciting. I want to say Home on the Range and Glenn worked with Alan on the lyrics for the stage version of Little Mermaid. Okay. Uh, which, which had some good stuff in it, actually. And it kind of makes me crazy that a lot of the good stuff... From the stage show, didn't make it into the movie, which I haven't nope. seen yet, which I'll do nope. next Sunday during the, the five-movie yes. marathon. Okay. Yes. Yeah, it's uh, it looks good. I mean, uh, the opening song is sort of like about her dealing with her parents being monsters. It's it, mm. it's fun. Okay. So I saw that, and then, the, you know, the big, the big ticket item, Jim, was a, mm. don't ask me how I stayed awake for this, but a 9 p.m., two-hour presentation on mm. Gendy Tartakovsky's Fixed. And? It is... Hilarious! It's. I think it's going to be very special. You know, the 2D animation by Renegade looks amazing. Okay. And it is raunchy. I know this is a kid show, Jim, so we can't mm-hmm. we can't talk about things. But it is. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, it just looks. It, it's totally unhinged, but super well done with a mm-hmm. lot of heart. And uh, yeah, I cannot wait to see the rest of it. I saw about 20 minutes of it, and okay. yeah, really, really great. And then the other the other thing that I saw 20 minutes of was mm-hmm. a presentation by Illumination for Migration, which is coming out this Christmas, I believe. So let's talk about that one, because I, I think you and I both mentioned that the first ad for this thing was kind of a non-starter. It was more of a, look at all these wonderful movies we've made, and we're making this one too. Yes, it was almost the equivalent of, look, trust me, okay? You know, just like, we made good movies. Come see this one, too. Yeah, it yeah. looks good. I think it looks like the be- maybe the best Illumination movie ever. Really? Yeah. I mean, visually, it's very lush and very mm-hmm. kind of painterly. Mm-hmm. And the story is really cute. It's about a, a dad who's, you know, he's got mm-hmm. this family, and, and they see all the other ducks. Mm-hmm migrating for the winter and he's Mm. kind of like he's uptight and Mm. just wants to stay at home and so he you know the family convinces them to to go out on this adventure and so they're flying to jamaica (laughs) and uh 
This yeah. actually sounds sounds like my weekend. <laughs> you know? Yes, and yes. Like, okay. Except they didn't get waylaid in New Jersey for. They did not. Hours. No, there we go. Um, there we go. But apparently, they do go to to New York, and and they showed a con- this amazing footage of them kind of soaring through a fog covered Manhattan that was really striking. And I think the visuals are really something special. There's a they showed a scene where they kind of like go to this rickety shack that these storks are running and and you know they've been told that, that storks want to eat ducks all mm-hmm. the time so there's this great kind of like sense of danger to the scene and uh you know it's directed by Benjamin Renner who was a co-director on Ernest and Celestine which is just That's one right. of the That's most right. wonderful mm-hmm. animated movies as you know of the past mm-hmm. few years so Yeah yeah um yeah I I was very heartened I I haven't been this excited about an illumination project in a while have you seen any of the photos coming out of Universal Studios Florida? Because they're starting to walk out some of the stuff for Illumination Avenue. No. Oh, Minion Minion Avenue? Or Minion Land, whatever they're calling it. Yeah. The Minion Cafe is open. The photo op set up, and they had the, the characters from Sing. But in one of the, the, the genuinely stranger things, somebody shared video of... The vector walk around and him bursting out and and greeting all of his enthusiastic fans, which I think were two. Vector is a villain from Despicable Me, right? Yeah, I know it was kind of like oh, it's kind of a deep cut this far. <laughs> yeah, eh? exactly. All all those Illumination heads out there really got yeah. a kick out of that one. Yeah. yeah, no, no doubt, no doubt. So, anything else you you want to share from from your time at Annecy? Because we have news once we move to Rome. Well, yeah, I mean, I I wanted to talk about Chicken Run, Dawn of the Nugget, mm-hmm. which they showed footage of during the Netflix presentation. Oh, okay. Which looks amazing. Mm-hmm. And Sam Fell and um, Peter Lord were there, mm-hmm. which was great. Okay. And the other thing I want to talk about is Win or Lose, the mm-hmm. Pixar yes. series. Yeah, the for Disney Plus. And yes. that's... November, December this year, right? December, I mean, yeah. And yeah, they showed okay. bef- be- they showed Elemental, but before they showed Elemental, mm-hmm. they showed an episode, mm-hmm. and it was absolutely amazing. I mean, I loved what I saw. It mm-hmm. was just stylistically, it was super bold and amazing, and very mm-hmm. cost conscious. Like I mm-hmm. recognized the house from Turning Red and some other. Mm-hmm. Some other assets that they had had reused, but mm-hmm. it's it's in a style all of its own. You know, it's like when I did that Craig McCracken thing a couple weeks ago, which I mm-hmm. encourage everyone to look up on YouTube. The whole thing is online and it's very cool, good. Cool, cool, cool. Um, mm-hmm. he, he talked about how his stylization is somewhat dictated by budget because, mm-hmm. you know, the more stylized something is, the easier it is, it is to draw. And I, I assume that's the same way with computer animation. And mm-hmm. it's mm-hmm. absolutely amazing. Yeah, I cannot wait to see the rest of it. And that'll be starting in December on Disney+. Plus. What did you think of the the Up short? Carl's Date, I want to say it was called. Oh, I loved it. I, I actually saw it at the Long Lead Day a few months mm-hmm. ago and mm-hmm. watched it again. I was at the premiere in L.A. at the mm-hmm. Academy Museum, which was super fun. And, yeah, I think that that short is amazing. And I got to spend some time with Bob at the, um, oh. at the premiere. Uh, okay. He's just one of my favorite people. And... I'm so thankful he's still at Pixar yeah, because yeah. Mm-hmm. we've lost a lot of. Yeah, they're not, they're not going anywhere, but we've lo- they've they've moved on. So, yeah. it's, I'm very happy he's still there. 
same thing here. And it just not quite ready to let go of Edward Asner. So it was nice to get, you know, uh, a yeah, little Yeah, this, this was actually recorded three only three months before he passed away. So uh, quite right. possibly the last thing he did professionally ever. <laughs> That's the interesting thing. You, you go over to IMDB and it's like, nope. Uh, you know, <laughs> still some other stuff coming. So, and, and yeah. speaking of, of stuff that's coming, we, of course, have uh, Mission Impossible Dead Reckoning Part 1, which you got to go over to Rome and at- attend the world premiere after you finished it, Honesty. So what was it like to do that sort of thing? It was great. I... Don't know when this episode of fine tuning is going up, but next mm. week we will have a lot of things to talk about. But mm-hmm. we, yeah, we've got a lot of great stuff coming mm. your way. Uh, but you know, it was good to see Tom and the rest of the cast, and the movie is great. Mm-hmm. So I saw it twice while we were in Rome, and uh, I walked up and down the Spanish steps a lot, Jim. So <laughs> you know, <laughs> okay. My buns were burning. Yeah. Okay. Quick question, because again, obviously, we have a Dead Reckoning Part One, without giving anything away. Uh, how do we feel about how it sets up Part Two? I mean, it's a pretty big cliffhanger, mm-hmm. but I feel like there is a, a lot of resolution as well. There is not. It's not a fast X mm-hmm. scenario where it just ends in the middle of a scene. Um, okay. There is uh, there is resolution. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I can tell you that Mission Impossible Dead Reckoning Part 2 mm-hmm. is about a thousand times more insane than Part 1. If that, if that is even possible, I believe it. Oh, my it God. To be true. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And as you mentioned, we'll have some other big news to share with our next episode of Fun Tunes. Yes, yes. Well, we'll, we'll, we'll talk all about it. Be, be on the lookout on Tuesday when this episode drops. Maybe mm-hmm. go over to the social channels or my mm. channel or something else you'll, you'll okay. see okay you'll see what we've got planned for the next next phase this is of course the wonderful light the views podcast that drew does with his equally talented co-host charles hood we, weren't you also saying you you, you might have some <laughs> ninja turtles yeah stuff? okay yeah I, there might be some ninja turtle stuff coming up i don't know i yeah we'll see we'll see what happens jim that's a good idea I like okay. that idea, Jim. We'll we'll have to run with that. Yeah, but okay, yeah. Uh, well. Drew tailored like a tailored mm-hmm. shirt. That's my Instagram. Uh, and like the fuse pod is is the Twitter. That's where you want to find him on social media. Likewise, for yes. us on social media, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram as Jim Hill Media. On Facebook is Jim Hill Media News. And once you're finished listening to this podcast and then you go over and enjoy the, the latest episode of, of Light the Fuse, oh, we got a couple other shows here you might want to check out. We got Disney Dish I do with Lentesta. Uh, we also have uh, Marvelous Disney, which I do with Aaron Adams, who, by the way, has a show of his own I'll call 32nd Street that's worth checking out. And then Brian Gunn and I recording a brand new Looking at Lucasfilm this Tuesday. And then after I get out and see uh, Indiana Jones' Dial of Destiny, we'll talk about that on that show, too. Folks, if you could do Drew and I a favor, if you could head on over to Apple Podcasts and rate and recommend, well, again, not just the show you're listening to right now, Fine Tuning, but also uh, Light the Fuse, that would be very helpful. And if you really, really, really like what you hear here, if you head over to Bandcamp and subscribe, uh, that would be helpful for Mr. Taylor and myself. Thank you for listening. And we'll be back with a brand new Fine Tuning next week.